Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Raven On Studios. My name is Natalie Bohensky. I am the official Fairfax recap correspondent for Game of Thrones in Australia. And with me, as always, in the podcasting den is the wonderful Stuart Late. Stu, how are you? I'm well, Nat. Hello to you and to everyone. To everyone listening. To everyone listening. Four or five people. Yes, exactly. Uh, we we have... could probably just get you over here. It would be a lot easier. Simpler for everyone, but hey. Maybe we should do a live podcast after the last episode. <laughs> like a, like a, live, a live recap. A live recap. We'll have to do it at someone's house who has Foxtel. <laughs> Play the episode, and then we just sit around and talk about it. Hmm. So basically, just like what we do anyway. Yeah. 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 Just maybe with some people watching. Hmm. Exactly. Okay. Last week, Stu, you said that you wanted the plot to start moving along now. You felt they'd had two episodes of setup. Yes. Now they needed to act. Do you think that happened this week? I think we can pretty firmly say that yes. Yes, that definitely happened this week. It was a good episode. <laughs> there was some it? good stuff in here. Well, we've got a big list of things to talk about. So let's start with Kate Middleton and Tommen blissfully in love. Yes. We saw their wedding. Very quick wedding. Came out of nowhere. Just the vow and a kiss. <laughs> That's what you want out of a wedding. You want it over and done with. Over and done with. As I well, I was saying, my brother. Hello to Simon, if you're listening. Probably not. He's on his honeymoon <laughs> because he just got married yesterday. Sure, and surely he'd tune in. Their wedding was ten minutes, as if it was fantastic. <laughs> you know what I say? A short show is a good show. It's a bit strange because Tom and like Tom, the actor who plays Tom and is 17 years old. Is he? Yes. Wow. I actually went and looked it up because I was like, this is very strange. And, like, he's... Is he meant to be about 17 or, or like, maybe even, no. like, about 15, maybe? 14, 15, 14, I think. 14, 15. In the aged up And Thomas. Marjorie, like, Natalie Dormer is 30, I think? Or, yeah, she is. And, oh, yeah. And, and, you know... Actually, she's only a year younger than me, I think. Oh, okay, right. If I can just point that out there, I also look as good as she does. <laughs> yes. Not. But you're right. She's almost twice his age. Almost. Pretty much, yeah. Um, And... Kind of strange. It sort of isn't really commented on by the episode, and I don't know. I, I, she's I not haven't playing checked. thirty. She's playing oh, twenty. She's playing, odd. she's playing much older than he is. Yes, but she's not... definitely older than he is. Yes, but she's sort of twenty-one, twenty-two. He's oh, is she fifteen? Though? Is she meant to be that young? Well, in the books, I think she's sixteen when we first see her. Oh, okay. Well, that might explain. Now, it. age up. That to probably 18, 19. By this point, I think she's probably yeah, 20, okay. 21. Again, we're right. having another I, I age withdraw, discussion. <laughs> I withdraw the comment. No, no, no. It's but you're right. Strange. It is. Yeah, it because, was. Because, because, and this is the thing, like, imagine if the roles were reversed then. You had, like, a, a significantly older man sleeping with a underage girl. Yeah. It like very creepy. If you had Littlefinger and Sansa. Yeah, well, exactly. Days. And, you know, you get very icky vibes off that whole dynamic, mm. whereas... You know, it's very... The, the dynamic there is much different. Have, having said that, he was completely covered from the waist down at all times. Yes, and so was she, I noticed. No, um, she did have a moment where she put there, her There was, yeah, yeah, but, but, but if that had been, like, an of-age actor, I would like to suggest that she probably would have been naked. Whereas in this one, they, they were very... It was very... Especially for Game of Thrones. Yeah. In a scene where... In, a, in an episode where later in the episode... <laughs> yes, we there see There were multiple very... naked, like, full front, like, some quite... So graphic. Mr. Uh, DeMille, I'm ready for my yes, close-up level absolutely. of nudity, yes. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, they were very... It came across as very coy, and I think that's why, obviously, because the actor... Not only is the actor underage, but the character is mm. much younger than the actor is playing. Mm. So, you know, just... It was, it was interesting. It was noteworthy, I thought. 
But he's lovely, Tommen. He is lovely, and I, I actually, and having said all that, yeah, yeah, having said all that, I did laugh out loud at the line, like you know, I would do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it, buddy, I get it. <laughs> Let's just do that. <laughs> Ruling the kingdom. Ruling the kingdom. I mean, we have people for that. Like, surely, yeah. surely we have people to do that for me. I can just, like, do this. Yeah. This is what I think I should spend my time on. But, of course, Marjorie wastes no time in no. starting on the, oh, so your mother. She, You know, I adore her. She's so wonderful. She's been so good to me. Do, do, do you think she likes King's Landing? You don't think she might be happier somewhere else? I'm just, I mean, she'll never let you out of her sight. You're her little lion. You're her little weenie boy. Oh, but I'm a man. Oh, yes, of course you are. Of course you are, darling. And a king. <laughs> but still, your mother's very protective of you. Yes. As starts laying that groundwork. We really saw Marjorie come into her own. Yeah, in she, this she definitely. And I, I think she needs to be up. very. She needs to be very careful because she's definitely uh, crossed the line into gloating at this point. <laughs> it's def, she's she's left all subtlety behind. She is definitely gloating. But and doing it in such a way, and what I said in my recap is that she uh, she says things with the, 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 the same amount of doe-eyed innocence <laughs> that you would expect of the granddaughter of Elena Terrell. She's yes. never outright catty. No. She's just super saccharine. She's super nice. She's the, she's the, the queen. She's like that Mean Girls style, like, you know, oh, well, that looks, I, I'm so glad that you could pull that off. You know, like that sort of thing. Like, it's just amazing. We'll talk about when Cersei comes to visit her. Yes. Because yeah. Cersei comes in looking quite sad and looking almost resigned to the fact that Marjorie has usurped her as mm. the most beautiful, as the queen. You know, we saw yeah. the crowds cheering for Queen Marguerite and not for Queen Cersei. And Cersei seems to have come to some kind of acceptance of that until Marguerite starts to <laughs> Marjorie starts to Lay it on a bit thick. So, yes. oh, I wish we had some wine for you. It's a little too early. It's a little bit too for early us. for us. Oh, that was great. You, you old sozzled tart, however. <laughs> and yeah, that's it, it's. I I felt that was her overstepping moment. Like like there was a there was an opportunity there, and I don't know what Cersei was actually. I don't know her full motivation. She was really for that hard scene. to read. It was very strange because because sometimes Cersei is hard to read. It's it's like is she being scheming here is she being genuine i'm not sure but you got the sense that this was her sort of resigning herself or at least coming to terms with the fact that she wasn't queen anymore mm. and she would never be again theoretically mm. unless she could do something about that so she kind of came to marjorie almost yeah almost in with a with a like an olive branch just sort of going okay look we don't like each other but we kind of have to like work together on this for and the time being i don't want to be sent away from yes, the capital i don't want to leave so what can i do and marjorie kind of threw that back in her face a little in front of like the little gaggle of court women that she she yeah, was her ladies her ladies ladies in waiting and so yeah i think that was a very serious misstep from marjorie i think you know, she had an opportunity there to not have to deal with Cersei, and now she definitely does. Mm. Because the look on her face when she walked away was something to behold. So Tommen is now, the seed is planted that he might get rid of his mother. Cersei is then confronted with the issue of the sparrows. Yes. And she deals with that this episode because we see, we're jumping a little bit time-wise, but while we're dealing with Cersei, we'll get to this. There's that fantastic scene, as we mentioned later mm. on in the brothel, yes. where the High Septon of Baylor's Sept <laughs> is having his own sort of personal 
worship session. Yes. He's, he, that's, I think a very, he, that's a very charitable way yeah, of putting I think, it. What does he say? He's tendering to the... Uh, he's, he's tending to, to the, the devout pro- prostitutes. Yes, the devout prostitutes. <laughs> Everyone is entitled hmm. to... To spiritual guidance. Exactly. So he decides to get busy with the maiden and the stranger. The pimp is like, always the maiden. <laughs> and he is all of a sudden... Coitus Interruptus, or mm. pre-Coitus Interruptus, <laughs> by Lancel Lannister and his pack of sparrows, yes. who come in, sort of West Side Story his style. His flock of sparrows. Flock, sorry, flock of sparrows. <laughs> You're a sinner! You have sinned and will be punished, and they march him naked through the streets. Mm. Then Cersei has to deal with that problem. Yes. She goes to visit the High Sparrow, and this is the first time we actually meet... Jonathan Price. Jonathan as Price. The high, high Sparrow. A wonderful actor. He's been in a, a lot of good things. He has things. that um, voice. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm very humble. Oh, that's what they call me. I'm just a humble man and I gave my shoes away because I didn't need them anymore. I can't do his voice. I'm you know, so, he's got I'm that. so nice. I'm so I very was, nice. It's hard, it's hard to nail down. It's I can't hard do it to nail down his voice. I always try to think about him when he was Elliot Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies, the Bond <laughs> film he did, yes. where he was essentially playing Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> and, you know, this worldwide media baron who mm. causes a war in the South China Sea to increase paper sales. How <laughs> 90s was that? <laughs> and he's just, he's constantly looking up at his TV screens going, it will be the best story. <laughs> so it was quite funny to see him in that very humble Mm. Down yeah, he's not, role. he's not usually in that sort of a, a role. No, so. no. So he is the, uh, the the high sparrow, and he has that lovely line of, "I try to tell them that they're not special, but me telling them that they think I'm special." Yes. For telling them that, you get a, a lot of sort of savior overtones to that, like a very mm. sort of you know Jesusy thing to that, like very you know I'm not special, you're special. No, I'm yeah. just a humble man administering to the poor as yes. well as the rich. <laughs> And look, I've got a camel I'm going to put through a needle. Well, the eye of a needle. But no, knowing Game of Thrones, it'd just be a camel yeah. <laughs> stuck on a needle. Yes. So that'll be interesting because we know, and I'm not sure if you've been spoiled for this, but no. spoiler alerts for possible things. I know I've mm. been spoiled because it was a huge news story that Lena Headey, who plays Cersei, oh. was not allowed to do a walk, a naked walk, oh. in Dubrovnik from oh, a church. Okay through the town there was some sort of rule about being naked in the church right, so they okay. had to they had to rejig the filming yeah apologies for spoiling that but it was quite big in the news right okay and of course we see this high septum march through the street naked and of course my mind all of a sudden flicks this is why spoilers suck because yes, yes, with game do. of thrones because all of a sudden <laughs> i'm thinking well hang on we should maybe put a spoiler warning in there for anyone who wants to well i did say i did yes, say yes. i did say spoiler warning mm. so my thing is, is she trying to get them on side at this point? Is she thinking that the church, or sorry, the well, Sparrows is a way mm. of solidifying her control in King's Landing? She said the, 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 the royal family and the faith are the two things that hold up the realm. Mm. If either one falls, the world falls apart. Yes. So is she trying to gear herself now, rather than just being a royal, being a person of faith, someone who's sympathetic to the... And, and maybe in that way winning over the people because she's yeah. obviously looked out and seen that everyone loves Marjorie. If she can paint herself as the devout, pious queen mother, yes, compared to like the the um, the lavish queen, mm. she can claw back the support of the people that way. Yeah. Maybe. But then, but then this is the thing: no plan that Cersei has ever made has ever. Paid off for her. And she does have sex with her brother. Yes, that's true. That may be something... It's a big sticking point. ...that the religion has a problem with. Yes. 
So that <laughs> remains to be seen. Uh, speaking of religious edifices, buildings, let's go to Aria over in the oh, House yes. of Black and White, where we were expecting a training montage. No such luck. No. She's undergoing a pretty classic hero's journey, though. So That is you know, true. <laughs> it's... She it's, has to sweep floors. That's right. Like Cinder frickin' Rella. She's waxing on and waxing off all over the place. <laughs> uh, well, she is subjected to just grunt work, I guess, until she yeah. starts being uh, whipped by another random... Yes, and, and drops a delightfully placed C-bomb. Oh, it's so welcome. Just every once in a oh, while. There's just nothing a... like... And that... <laughs> it just popped out of nowhere, too. I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> She, there's no progression for Arya. She just goes straight for the seal. Doesn't say, hey, stop that. Hey, wait. She just goes... She goes straight for the nuclear option. Exactly. And... So great to hear, like a you know tiny little girl. Little, little Maisie Williams just dropping the seatbelt. Clearly, the influence of the Hound has stuck with her. <laughs> uh, she she went through quite a lot of character development in this in this episode. Yeah, well, she um, was wondering what it was all about. She was there. Hmm. She was ready. She wanted to be whatever it was they wanted her to be, and yet nothing was happening hmm, until right. Jack and Hagar says, "Well." You are a you are you want to be no girl. one. You want to be no one, but you are Arya Stark. You have Arya mm. Stark's things. Yeah. Why do you have these things in his creepy way <laughs> that he does yes. in that beautiful accent? And so, of course, she decides to throw it all in the sea, mm. literally dump it all. But not needle. And I thought, uh, see, this is the thing. This is what this show does to you, where you're like, she could quite conceivably throw needle in the sea, and then that's it. You know, like this show does that every mm. once in a while, but. Thankfully, she decided to stash it where I'm sure no one would ever find it, just in like a, a random pile of rocks by the by the docks there. I'm surprised nobody looked at her or oversaw her throwing all this stuff mm. away. Maybe it was an act of good faith. I think it's something you have to do by yourself. You've yeah. got to sort of cast off your old life. But it was interesting that she did hold that. For me, that was really lovely to see because it just kept that link to the Starks and mm. it kept that link to something that she valued and that was of great importance yeah. to her. It's a symbol that she's prepared she's prepared to do what they want her to, but she's not she's going to keep that kernel of who she is. Who she is. Yes. She never forget the yeah. north remembers. Absolutely. And she winds up washing dead bodies. Hmm. As you, as you do. As you do. Typical hero's journey. What for? <laughs> what are they... Because it seemed to well, be this that is the, thing, yeah. the guy like, drank He drank from, from that well, a well and, and then he was dead. Or was he? I mean, like, I assume he was dead. Or is that the first step on their journey to be faceless men? Do yeah. you have to, like, die and then come back to life and then you're able to change your face? That's right. But yeah, so I'm, obviously they're keeping their powder dry on that stuff, but... I know that apparently another thing that's out there on the net that's been somewhat spoiled mm. is that there's a... So spoiler warning again. Spoiler warning again, but apparently there's a character in the books. So the, the role that Jack and Hagar is playing is not in the books. Yes, yeah, I heard this. There's um, some other character who but, takes on that mentor But this role. is the thing. I think it would have been the guy that we first see uh, would have just been her, her mentor. That, that guy from the first episode, or the second episode rather. Um, oh, the old... See, yeah, the old yeah. man in the robe. But instead, they were like, well, we can't just have another random guy. Let's bring back Someone that we know who was... Because the audience is familiar with that. Yeah, and he was a great yeah. character. Yeah, and he's a great actor. Like, I love his, I love his presence on, the, on screen. But, yeah, it does, it does sort of... Because, like I, like I said uh, last week, you know, I thought we were done with him. I thought Jack and Hagar was dead. But, no. Like, they brought him back. So, that, that's interesting. They've sort of just sort of chat, had, a, had a bit of a cheat on that. 
what it's made me think is, how did he end up in a cage in Westeros, being taken well, up to the Night's Watch? What did he do? He was with two other guys who were rapists. How mm. did he get from Bravos to... Well, faceless, faceless men are everywhere. Uh, well, are they? How many Well, you get Well, you get that sense, because everyone seems to know... Everyone seems well, to have an idea of Well, all the men of Bravos them. know. Yeah, that's Valor true. Mugulas. Mm. But I, uh, just the mind boggles. Like, was he yeah, on an exactly. assassin mission? Was he... Because if they're a religious order, they follow... And, and this was the other thing that came yes. out of that was, you know, that all the gods were in their temple. There were all yep. the gods of Westeros and the Lord of Light and all these different gods. And they said, which, which is the many-faced god? Clearly, it was all of them. I don't know that for sure, but it seemed like many-faced no, god. No, he said I... there is only one god and you know his gift. Yeah, Does he mean I think he death? means death. Yeah, like Sirio Pharrell. Yeah, like Sirio Pharrell, which has given rise again to this uh, fan, fan theory. theory that we're going to see Sirio again, maybe. Which would be great. It would be great because he's a great character. Um, I I hope that there's not some weird reveal where it turns out that Jack and Hagar was Sirio all the, all along. That's not a spoiler. That's me just speculating. But I like. I'm like. I, I hope so too because I really loved Sirio. He mm. he he. He didn't seem to have any spookiness about him. He yeah. didn't seem well, to have any... Well, he was the any... first sort of Bravos. He was, he was this dashing character. Exactly. He seemed mm. much more the, the adventurer type yeah. and the warrior type mm. than the creepy... Than the creepy assassin Assassin type. in the shadows type. Mm. So I hope that they're not the same, but we'll see. Let's move on to... Bang, baby, bang, bang... Let's start with Brienne and Pod, and we'll move yes. then into the other big... Uh, stuff happening up north. Yes. I love Brienne. She's so great. She's amazing. And like, you know, I didn't even need the monologue this week to sort of love her as a character, but this monologue just cemented it. Like, she's so great. It's amazing. And the thing is, is that it, you know, it broke my heart because she had that classic teenage girl experience Mm. of being, you know, laughed at. Yeah. That's on right. the dance floor. It, it just, it, it, it's, you know, she's a world away in armour in the middle of mm. freaking nowhere with a squire she's not particularly enamoured with. And yet I felt so much kinship with. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, 16-year-old Natalie is having the same emotion. Uh, you know, it was just beautifully played and she's such a wonderful actor. Played it so well. And the temptation would be there, and I mean, like, obviously a lot of it comes from George R. R. Martin as well, mm. but the temptation would be to play her as, like, a tomboy who never was interested in that sort of thing. Like, she always wanted to be a warrior and that sort of, and, you know. But it's not. Like, you know, at one point she did want to be a lady, you know, but it's, but she was... I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you totally on that. I but... think she wanted to be seen as pretty. I think yes, you know exactly. that, that yeah, yeah. simple that simple fact of she she'd obviously built up defenses, didn't want to go to this ball that her father mm. arranged to make her a match. Went all of a sudden her expectations were blown away and she was the belle of the ball. Yeah, that's right. And it's that simple idea that a lot of girls kind of cling to of just once wanting to walk in and have everyone you know, want to yeah. dance with you and want to be around you exactly, and yeah. think that you're but wonderful. It's a, but it's a very humanising element that I think a lot of... Like, like, the temptation would have been there to not have that, to always have her be the gruff sort of female action star. Mm. 
and they didn't, and that's and that's really good. I think you know, Brienne as a character is enriched by that scene. Really interesting though that we find this out now with Pod as her squire. Yeah. Because remember when she was traveling with Jamie, that other great Brienne duet. Yes. <laughs> And they had a great... Arguably a lot better. That was amazing. He was was always like niggling at her, trying to crack Mm. her. And she would never break. Yeah. She held that stuff close. We didn't see those intimate stories of her. With Pod, she's kind of frustrated with him because he's so endlessly chirpy. And he's he's quite happy just to shut up and go along with whatever she says. And I think she's found that... I don't think she's probably had that before. She's never had someone... Well, it's a different dynamic too because he's... He respects her. He respects her and not only that, um, she's in charge of him, basically. With, with Jamie, she was he was her prisoner, but he was also Jamie fucking Lannister. You know, where... That's how I'm going to refer to him as, from now on. Jamie fucking Jamie Lannister. Jamie fucking Lannister. Um, you know, Ooh, <laughs> governor. Who's that down, <laughs> down pump? Apples and pears. Um, but no, he um, go up to me a lot. Who should be there? But Jamie fucking Lannister. But the the relationship between those two was very different. Relationship between her and Pod. It's almost like a younger brother mm. or some, or, or definitely someone that he respects her as, if not a knight, then as sort of a, certainly a, a strong character. And so, you know, I think that is what allowed her to let her guard down. You know, and, mm. and that's fantastic. I love it. I love that dynamic yeah, there between was them. A cert, there was obviously a feeling of safety with Pod. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, he is the bomb, let's face he it. He is. He's great. One of those great characters. Just little things like taking off her armour. Yeah. And just saying, oh, but you worked for Renly. How did that mm. all come about? And <laughs> make the fire and... He's uh, he's so good. I just hope he doesn't get a sword in the face or something. Because yeah, I would, you, you I would... just worry. I mean, this show does do that to nice characters. Yeah, I would mourn him so much. But uh, one thing that I forgot to really emphasise in my recap... I forgot to emphasise so much in my recap today. Just, as I said, I was at a wedding yesterday. It was a late night and... This show bears watching twice to kind of get everything before you <laughs> yeah, recap, absolutely. but I'm not allocated that time. No. Like I can't, I've got to do it as quickly as possible. I should write, I should really write like a really quick version and then two days later write the long and do the long version. Yeah. But people want straight away and uh, anyway, I blame you. Readers. <laughs> it's your fault. Don't go away, please keep reading. Uh, so uh, she, Brienne, talked about having revenge on Stannis for killing Renly because Renly was her gay bestie who stood up and said (laughs) these guys mocking you at your own party are nasty shits don't let them see you cry that's amazing and he danced with her to stop her being a joke Renly is one of those characters sorry to interrupt Renly is one of those characters who has only gotten better like with everything that we keep hearing about him Um, since he's been dead yeah since he's been dead like he was already a pretty great character like he and but you get the sense that he would have made a really good king mm. um, because he was fair and wise and, and you know, had the, the support of the people. He would have been a really good king. But... Not his time. Not his time, unfortunately. And, and, and look, could, ha- could he have been strong enough to secure it? Mm. So we'll leave Brienne and Pod. They're following towards Winterfell, Sansa and Littlefinger. Yes. And, and we- backstory, back, we'll back up a little bit because let's go to Winterfell itself. Where Roose Bolton is. Boo hiss! Boo hiss to Roose! Boo hiss to Roose Bolton! <laughs> he makes for a great character because he's quite a vicious character, but he's so mannered when mm. he talks. I guess that might be deliberate, or it might just be the fact yeah. that the actor has that he, amazing he, voice. He's, like, he's almost like a Bond villain. 
Yes, he is a bit of a Bond villain. I could see him as a Bond villain. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to flay. Yeah. (laughs) He is obviously now weighing up his options. Positive side, he's in charge of Winterfell. Mm. Great. Yes. Become a noble house. Great. Tick the box, yeah. Bad side, Tywin's dead. Yes. His deal was with Tywin, Mm. not any of the other Lannisters. Not anyone else, yeah. They're all south at King's Landing. They don't care about the North. Why would they bother maintaining that pact? What's he going to do? That's right. Turns to his newly non-bastardized son, Ramsay. <laughs> I love Ramsay's obsession with food. We see Ramsay eating, he's eating a lot. lot. Isn't he? Yeah, he's an eating it. He's an eater. And he even says to him, put down your food <laughs> and listen to me. And tells him, you need to get married. That's mm. how you forge great alliances. As it happens, I've found the perfect girl. <laughs> And it cuts you know, to... You know, yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you what your reaction was, Stu, because well, look, I want to know if it was the same as this mine. This is the thing, yeah. Like, like, obviously, either I haven't been paying attention or this show got one over me because it never occurred to me in a million years that that's where Sansa Stark was going to end up. Yep. You know, and I was just like, oh, what? What is going on? Mine was... No! <laughs> no! Nonsense! No! If there was one person who is more brutal than Joffrey... Yes. <laughs> just one. Just one. That's the one she's going to be hooked up with. Like, Joffrey did some stuffed up things, but I don't oh. think he ever, like, flayed multiple people. Yeah, for fun. And, and that's the thing. Like, they show again, like, Ramsay went to see one of the, one of the lesser lords mm. and ended up, like, flaying, like, half his household and brought the bodies back and strung them up, you know? And it's like... It's just... You know, he's the most sadistic (laughs) little thing. And again, it's that whole thing of Roos going, now, Ramsay, clearly you were doing what you thought was right. (laughs) We need to look at another way. Like, he never loses his cool. No, yeah. He doesn't get angry. He he doesn't say, you are not going out with your mates to flay some guys. You're going to (laughs) stay in and do chores. You know, he's always just, look, you did that. That's fine. You're an adult. You make some decisions. Maybe in the future, not as much flaying. No. Let's try like 50% less flaying. Let's try another tactic. That's right. He's super cool all the time. So, of course, Sansa hears this from Littlefinger. Mm. And it was great to see her go... No, you know what? No. Screw you, pal. (laughs) I am not... I will starve myself. I will... I don't care. I'm not going there. I am not into this. Well, especially because she thinks she's going to marry Roos Bolton initially. And, of course, like, Roos is the one who is responsible for the carnage of the Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what she thinks. she thinks. Speaking of which, not one Red Wedding joke that I made as MC of my brother's wedding yesterday. I think that shows remarkable restraint. Remarkable restraint. Yes. But well done. you're right. She thinks she's going to marry Roos. I don't know how marrying his son makes that better. <laughs> but that's what well, Littlefinger... That's the card that Littlefinger seems to think he's holding. Which is like, no, 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 no. But no one, but no one, but no one knows. Like his son. But no one seems to know Ramsay. Like it's like even Littlefinger doesn't really know Ramsay. Yeah, exactly. So he's sort of been flying under the radar, Hmm. and so suddenly he's this he's this legitimate uh, heir. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that Sansa knows what he's like. Hmm. At all. And this yeah. is part of the reason I'm so worried. Yes, exactly. Is because, because I know what he's like. Yeah, he looks at he looks at Littlefinger with those sociopathic no little eyes. <laughs> he looks at her with those sociopathic eyes and just go, I will never harm her. And it's like, oh, I think you might. Or if I, you won't, yeah. your psycho girlfriend. 
who, who's given a significant look. Yeah. Uh, She'll hurt Sansa. Yes. Someone's going to hurt Sansa. Or what? they'll try. Because mm. I think she's definitely coming into her own as a character. I love the confrontation between her and Roos when they're yes. first introduced, where she just has this look of steel. If, yeah. For like, for like if looks 10 seconds. And then... It was a long pause. It was a long pause. And she's like, hello. Oh, hi, Roos. <laughs> hey, how you been? How's it going? Yeah, the fact you killed my family? Water under Not the bridge. Not a problem. Water under the bridge. These things happen, hey? We're a warrior-like culture. It totally happens. But it was a great look. And then she had that lovely, just a lovely, again, sometimes I pick up on these really little things, but her housemaid welcoming yes. her in and saying, Same, the North welcome back, Lady Stark, mm. the North remembers. Absolutely. That was just really beautiful. And I hope that that signifies... As Davos said up mm. to Jon Snow, as long as the Boltons are in Winterfell, the North will suffer. And I hope that that's a signal that the North is still loyal to Stark. I do want to mention something that I completely, and I'm so embarrassed that I didn't write this in. Reek. Yes. <laughs> Theon Greyjoy. I, I had forgotten about Reek by the end of the episode, which is what I think Reek wants because he's very sort of, he's flitting about Winterfell, just, just not being noticed. Being the invisible man. Yeah. The invisible, but, destroyed, psychologically torn apart man. But really paying attention to, mm. you know, private conversations mm. and making a special note of Sansa when she comes in and like avoiding being seen by her and that mm. sort of thing. So you wonder if there's a longer game that, that Reek is, is playing there. Yeah, I wonder what she'll do or say if and when she notices him. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, she grew up with Theon. Um, yeah, and do the Boltons know that she grew up with him? I'm pretty sure they do. Will they try to keep him away from her, or will he get out to see her? Or... Yeah, it would seem very careless and arrogant on their part if they just sort of let him run around like, oh, you know, whatever, that's that's mm. our broken houseboy that we have, that you also grew up and were, was effectively one of your brothers. Yeah. You know, it's very strange. So Let's head up to the wall. Jon Snow. Wow. Dealing out justice. Didn't really have time to pause there after becoming Lord Commander at the end of no, the last episode. No, basically kicked right in. Straight into it. Has to refuse Stannis. Say, I'm sorry, I can't go with you and take the Night's Watch and kick some ass and take some names because mm. I swore a promise and I've got to be Lord Commander now. And Stannis is all like, well, you know, you're wasting your time. and <laughs> You've got enemies here, you know that? And I'd send them away. I don't like you at all anyway. I didn't want you with me anyway. Whoa. And then Davos saying, he likes you, you know. He really, he sees something in you, Jon Snow. Like he, he's a complicated man. He he's a complicated man. He finds it hard to express his feelings. But um, yeah, he, I think he sees something in you. And it, it'd be wise to take that under advisement. Uh, maybe, maybe part of your job is getting mixed up in the politics of the realm. I'm just saying. And he even, say, he even finishes by saying, just one man's opinion. Just one man's opinion. That's just my opinion. Whatever. I, who am I to say that I know anything? But I am the right hand man of the right king, so just one man's opinion. Take it as you leave. <laughs> but he has the uh, quite the task this week of dealing yes. with an insurgent in the ranks. Absolutely. Well, Janos Slint. I was surprised. Like it seemed almost out of character that Janos Slint would stand up to John like that. But then he obviously felt that. He well, was, he was far rooting more for secure. Alice yeah, that's right. He obviously felt that he was far more secure than what he was. And he thought that he had Alice's And Alistair, protection. of course, um, 
does that incredible dick move yeah. of like standing there and then just sort of with that look on his face, that look that he does, mm. and then he just sort of stands aside. And mm. it's like, oh, and Janice rapidly realizes I've made a terrible mistake. Mm. Question If he had, if John, because John talked about the latrine captain. Yeah. Everyone thought, oh, he's not going to appoint Sir Alistair. And even Sir Alistair is looking very cranky. Yes. Thinking he's going to oppose me as, as revenge. Jon Snow wouldn't do that. He's nice. He just gave it to a ginger. <laughs> uh, and made a joke about Whereas it. as we all know, a subhuman monster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Poor gingers. Imagine Poor gingers. Imagine must be. <laughs> Sitting at home watching that going, no, not oh. even Jon Snow is on my side. I used to John... like you, Jon Snow. Stuff you, Jon Snow. And then he mentions Sir Alistair. Mm. You're experienced. I love you. <laughs> I admire I, you I don't think he went quite that far. But... I want you to be first ranger. Mm. From me to you, we're bros. And then he goes to Janos. If he'd have done it in the other way, if he'd have gone Janos first before mm. Alistair, would Alistair have stepped aside? Well, that's it. Well, obviously, yeah. I don't, I don't it's think a hypothetical. that was... Yeah, exactly. But, but it, he, it, it speaks of some care and attention on John's part as to yeah. who and what gets. he was playing it smart he, yeah. he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna ostracize uh, Alistair just because he was a horrible bastard like, yeah exactly just, there's know, a point he, to keep he understood him you know and and to be fair like he did fight in the battle of, in yeah. the battle for the wall like not taking anything away from his experience mm. I've always said that he was a great fighter yeah a great night's watchman just an old cranky bastard yes who, that's right Obviously, didn't appreciate John Stark. Uh, John Stark. Yeah. Oops. Whoop. Freudian slip. <laughs> John Snow's uh, many fine qualities. Yes. Janna says, Stuffier. Mm hmm. Gets carried outside. John Snow asks John, for his sword. John does that. John, yeah, John asks for his sword, which, which is never a good sign. Never a yeah. good sign. Whenever someone says, bring me my sword, oh. I don't think what's going to follow is it's going to be good. It's actually one of my ambitions in life, to be in a position where I can <laughs> bring say... Bring me my sword. In a non-theatrical context, <laughs> to actually say to someone, bring me my sword. Oh, be so good. That'd be amazing. And maybe I need to like cut a ham one day, just with the sword. <laughs> bring me my sword. And so Janos's head is put on the block and he squeals like and a pig. And this is the thing, this is the thing that this show does to me because I thought, like, like, it sort of double bluffs you because you think to yourself, okay, well, he's dead. He, this is going to happen. And then you think, well, it's Jon Snow. And also, you know, I'm expecting him to cut his head off. So maybe the show's going to, well, no, no, he, he just he cut his head did, off. Yeah. He definitely just cut his head no, off. They did have that little slight thing where he said, mercy, mercy. And he did stop. Oh, and he did stop. But then he was like, nope, he had nope, to grit, gotta cut He head. had to grit yeah. himself off. And it was very... I have never seen Jon Snow... And I know they're obviously not related, but in that moment of him standing with his hands on the sword, hmm. saying, do you have any final words? He has never looked more like Ned Stark. Yeah, that's right. It was it's, phenomenal. Yeah. And I just just fell in love with Jon Snow all over again. <laughs> That, to, the... to be fair, that's not hard. I think you no, do that every episode. It is true. You he's, just fall in love with them all over he's again. He's quite lovely. <laughs> but he had that moment of whoever passes a sentence must, must swing, swing the, the sword. sword. Absolutely. And he had to grit his teeth and do it. And then, of course, he looks up. He gets the little nod. From Stannis. From Stannis. Just going, yeah. quick little, Well done, lad. <laughs> that's what I like to see in my men. I couldn't tell you this, obviously, in words because mm. I can't communicate because yes. I'm a man who likes to keep things 
close to my chest. Very, and I'm gruff. Very stoic. Yes, very stoic yeah. and very have a very gruff exterior. Mm. So I can never show you any kind of affection or appreciation. But I can <laughs> nod at you from a distance because <laughs> across the courtyard of Castle Black is a safe distance for me to show you some sort of affirmation. Mm. So there we go. <laughs> next week, I don't know what's going to quite happen next week at the wall because we've sort of seen that. John did say, you know, Stannis, uh, when are you going to leave? And Stannis said, yep, I'm riding out within a fortnight. Well, so this we'll is the probably thing. see them start to leave. Yeah, so they'll leave. And I think uh, I think we might still see John and some of the Night's Watchmen leave the wall. Maybe. I mean, if that's obviously what uh, uh, the Onion Knight was talking about when... Yeah. You need you know, to get. You, you need to. You need to start thinking about what pr- protecting the realms of men actually means. Yeah, get your boots dirty. Yeah, so you know, maybe we'll see a bit of that. I hope so. I hope. I hope we see John in action because you know that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> it is, and that was the first time that he had killed in a judicial manner. He's killed men before, but it's always yeah. been self-defense or in an attack position in his role as a soldier. That's it. That was the first time he had to hand out administrative justice. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how his colleagues react. To that. Well, I think, I mean, I get the impression that they'll respect him. Mm. Um, I get the impression that if he had actually shown mercy, there would have been trouble. Because he was about to cut his head off and then the bloke said mercy. And it's like, you know, okay, so can we all get off like that? What, what happens? So actually, I get the impression that he'll be respected. You make a point, that was probably what made it harder was the fact that he did ask for mercy. Yeah, because John had shown mercy to Mance Radar. That's right. And all of a sudden he's like, no, you, I have to show leadership. Yeah. Possibly part of him wanted to go, okay, I'll let you off. But of oh, course definitely. that would have set a precedent. Yes, exactly. And, it's you know, like, you know, we're here now. He's and had there's to no coming back up. from this place. Yeah. yeah. Finally, let's go over to Volantis oh, yes. to see Tyrion and Varys. And oh my God. <laughs> there's so much going on in this episode that I keep forgetting bits of it. I I'm know. like, oh yes, that's right. We, we went to Volantis. We haven't even mentioned Kyburn and his no, creepy and his basement creepy... experiments. <laughs> that basement should have those two like lightning rod things with the arc between them. <laughs> and him just going, yes. The Tesla a coil. Cra- yeah, Tesla coil. <laughs> and a big crack of lightning. Yeah. That should all be happening down there. He's, he's just like down there dissecting rats. And yet he's and... so nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as, like he's a character. He's very unassuming. Very pleasant. Mm. You know, he's he's a bit slimy, but not very slimy. It's always the quiet ones, Stu. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I would true. much prefer to sit around with him than Littlefinger or Bruce <laughs> Bolton or He anyone. just seems very interested in what he does. He's yeah. just a very enthusiastic yeah, hobbyist. he's passionate about sciences. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot that we may be skipping over, but let's go to Tyrion and Varys. Tyrion is losing his mind in his yes. wooden box. He uh, says, I need <laughs> to speak to someone with hair. <laughs> with hair. Which is a great line. <laughs> he, again, he just has all the great lines. Oh, Tyrion's just, the best. It's Tyrion, so good. And, Tyrion and Varys together are the best. I yeah. just want, I want the whole show to be about them yeah. all the time. I've had a few. There's been a few commenters on the recaps, and I, I love any commenters. So always do please comment. I love reading them because people have such funny things to say. Yeah. And uh, one guy was saying, I think he must have like a clause in his contract, Peter <laughs> that he gets the best lines. <laughs> Every episode. What? And I don't think that's true. I just think that he is the best character to write yeah, those exactly. lines for. Yeah. And he gets out in Volantis and they, they first stumble upon a red priestess. So mm-hmm. another Melisandre type. That's interesting to see that religion sort of around as yeah, well. Yeah, talking about... I was like you, I was a prostitute. And remember mm. last week we were talking about Grayscale? This is another thing yes, I forgot yeah. to mention in my recap. Um, we talked about Grayscale. Grayscale. Yeah, so they're definitely setting up something. They're here. setting up something and he called them the, the Stone Men. Yeah. So, because that's what happens to them, they end up, you know, becoming calcified, I guess, mm. with this disease. And 
Tyrion says, you think you can stop Grayscale with prayer. So we're definitely working to some kind of outbreak, yes. I think. This woman then turns and looks at him very deliberately and he's all like, <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. Let's find a brothel. <laughs> so they go to the brothel and best moment of the show is when this burly brothel guard, and although they did do that thing where he spoke in High Valerian. Yes. Or possibly Low Valerian. I can't quite tell the linguistic difference. In Valerian, you know, rubs his head and says, it's good mm. luck to rub a, 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 a dwarf's, dwarf's head. head. And suddenly Tyrion can understand that without translating or anything. So well, I'm pretty sure he can speak Valerian. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure he can speak Valerian. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he doesn't reply in Valerian. He replies in the common tongue. Yes. And says, it's even luckier to suck a dwarf's cock. And this <laughs> fantastic shot of Varys just going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> just, and then you have the bouncer just looking very stoically very kind confused. of at and then they go into the brothel and there is the Daenerys prostitute. I know, I, I, la- I laughed out loud. Can I just say though, that, and it's, say. it's a sign of how closely I love watching Daenerys' costumes because mm. this bottom hoved into view. <laughs> and and I like, went, oh, hello. she's wearing the same costume as Daenerys, that's interesting. <laughs> and then of course they showed a full frontal shot of her yeah. and with from head to toe yeah. with the hair done. And I went, she is dressed like, on purpose dressed as Daenerys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then they went into the whole spiel of everyone wants to have sex with the mother of dragons. <laughs> and Tyrion... Which I up. guess, look, isn't necessarily wrong. But, no. You know. I, I mean, I'd, I should do a story, a follow-up story, whether that's actually a popularly requested fantasy I was about to say, yeah, I, I, was, I would be very surprised if a, a current real-world brothel doesn't offer that very yeah. service. So Tyrion hooks up with a lady of the night. Yes. And has a very sweet scene. Yeah, it is sweet because mm. he likes her because she has a skeptical mind. Yeah. Which I thought was really... Tyrion has a way of finding the smart people yes, wherever in, he in goes. Yes, in any given situation, yeah. he finds the smart, interesting people. But then he can't bring himself to go off and do the deed. For, for obvious reasons. Like, he's still getting over what happened with Shay and everything like that. You think? That's, I, yeah. I definitely think so, yeah. Because I, I thought perhaps it might have been that he was tired or too drunk because he'd been drinking all the time. Or Oh, no, I, I got the definite impression that it was it was an emotional thing. It was, mm. it was the love of his life who ended up betraying him and he strangled her to death with a chain. That'll ruin your week, you know, month and possibly year. Mm. So, you know, I can definitely understand why he sort of has a sudden hesitation yeah but i love I love, another great line another great Tyrion line it's like i hope i am able to do this again sometime what will i do with my spare time <laughs> it's fantastic and then he says i'll start by going and taking a piss yeah another yeah, installment yeah. of Tyrion urinating off things <laughs> that's true he does like to that's the, <laughs> let's go yeah. to places and pee off them like a dog and then, wham, he's lassoed by Jorah Mormont. Jorah Mormont who comes back and says, I'm yeah. taking you to the Queen. Now, yes. does he mean Cersei? Uh, I think we're supposed to think that he he means Cersei. I think he really means uh, Daenerys. Mm. But that was where we, he was going. That's where he was anyway. going anyway. I know, yeah. So if that is the case, that's... I don't know. I, I, don't, hope, I don't know what that is, but it's... I hope that they meet... Varys and come to an understanding and they all go off together rather yeah. than Varys because you know Jorah know. Jorah's in line it would be fun line... to make the, 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 the three of them now in a box talking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, add, you add Jorah into that mix that's a volatile mm. element I'm not sure how that'll play yeah <laughs> adding that dynamic but I, it's funny I was just thinking like when you think about back to series one because we're in series five now when you think about how much it's like watching a different show I've gone back and watched the first series um, recently 
and there's all these characters that, yeah. that, that aren't there, that definitely are not there anymore. It's a different show. Yeah. It's amazing how, how quickly they churn through characters. The ground that these characters are yeah, covering is absolutely. extraordinary. It's so, amazing. But we have, uh, I think, gone over our allocated time because it's been a packed episode. It was huge. Again. It was a lot of stuff happening. I know we're going to say that every week, but it's true. It never dragged. It was all good. It was, it was all good stuff. There was no filler or killer. So with that, <laughs> let us say thank you to Stu. I look forward to you next week. Absolutely. Thank you all for those who listened, and we will see you again next week. Remember, Valamogulas. Winter is coming. <laughs>